Namaste, friends. You are listening to Impact India, a podcast that deep dives into the epic stories of social impact leaders and innovators across diverse sectors in India. This podcast is brought to you by Cause Artist, and I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, social entrepreneur and director of Hotter World. You can connect with me on social media at Jasmine Rain. Each episode, we're exploring the challenges, successes, and opportunities within social innovation in India and helping you become a more conscious consumer in the process. So without further ado, let's jump into our episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Impact India. Today's guest uh, has become quite the Instagram bestie after growing out on all things conscious fashion and conscious living, specifically in Rajasthan. So uh, Mega Rawat is the founder of Kurio, a sustainable fashion brand that conceptualizes and manufactures upcycled, handmade, and locally crafted footwear. Mega is by choice a sustainable practitioner and by degree a coder. Her passion for sustainability led her to launch Choreo Designs. And her mission is to design and create products that make people aware of our fragile environment while offering them beautiful fashion that makes an impact. Choreo Designs is an award-nominated brand here in India and Mega has been recognized for her work by so many platforms such as the Better India and LBB. She's also been selected for countless impact accelerators and of course I'm one of her biggest fans. So Mega, I'm so excited to have you even though we talk quite often. We finally get to dive into your story and the behind the scenes of Choreo. So Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jazz. I mean, like you flattered me so much. Oh my goodness. But <laughs> thank you so much for me having on your show. Absolutely. And um, I really love your journey. And, and, you know, something that I really think is cool is that like, you know, the sustainable fashion uh, industry is like already such a challenging space to be in. So I'm curious, what got you into footwear specifically? How did your journey begin? Oh, I guess uh, there are two points I can tell you, Jazz, uh, where I found that my journey began. So one is obviously it was, I remember very vividly, it was a coffee shop and it just, just, you know, it was just purely my passion and my mission of providing sustainable alternative and the very small little money I had uh, at that given time. Or, I mean, like, the seeds for this journey were sown way back when I did not even realize that I was literally experiencing a sustainable lifestyle, what we call nowadays and very, very, very gaga about this word. So, and I would like to say that uh, it's around 20, 25 years back. It was the time when I met the first sustainable designer in my life. I know, I mean, like, I'm, I'm 29 years old, so it was my mother. <laughs> yeah. So she was the first person. Uh, now I can term her as a sustainable designer, but literally, believe me, I hated her for this. Why? Because she would, like, barely buy a new piece of dress for me. She would, like, make, she was, like, really good at stretching. So she would make frocks for me out of her old saris or from the leftover yardage of her suit piece. I think that's absolutely amazing. I'm surprised that you were upset about that. <laughs> and, and, and believe me, it wouldn't like, you know, end her. She would like turn my frock into a cushion cover, a pillow cover, and then in a dusting, dusting thing. But yeah, there was another, uh, another 
thing which I experienced and now I, uh, I'm calling it my experience with sustainable lifestyle back then. For me, it was also like only like, you know, 10 pairs of clothes and out of that three were my school uniform. It was also for me not to waste the food. It was for me to get new clothes or shoes or anything if I like really, really need it or I'm like too fat to fit in. For me, it was all, yeah, literally. And for me, it was also to um, finish my homework in daylight because we would not have uh, electricity in the night quite Mm. often. For me, it was also to go and fetch water from the nearby canal after my school hours keeping bucket on my head. It was also for me uh, to understand that how to use the water. And for us, it was measuring the water, like how you have to use it, like literally by mug, like half mug for brushing your teeth, five marks for bathing. That's how it used to be. So back then, like, you know, we never heard words like sustainable, sustainable lifestyle or re- using repurposing upcycle upcycling and all it was a part of our day-to-day life it was always been the part of our culture so I always knew that um, you know we all knew and we always grew up that way reading that you know wasting water is bad you should consume electricity only as per your need or you should not litter this is what we knew like and these used to call this bad habits but um, if I look back and I try to connect those dots, so I like, you know, uh, plug in back uh, to my story. So yeah, I hated my mother for like years. And then I got an opportunity to step outside for my further studies. And then I got into college and I had like small little, small pocket money to spend on like whatever I want to shop, the fancy stuff, which we also nowadays call as fast fashion. So I realized that there was not a huge difference between now how we look at uh, fast fashion because trust me, they're not aware that how um, their indulgence or our indulgence in consumerism and the ignorance about is is costing so much and it is such an expensive affair uh, what we are causing to our ecosystem. A hundred percent. And and I love, I love hearing stories where it's like, actually, my family was always resourceful, but I didn't realize how valuable it was. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess, what was your experience like then? Like, where, sorry, where did you um, go to, to continue your studies? Oh, so since I was from a very small town and for it used, always used to be either you become a doctor or an engineer. And I had a very set formula back in my life that I'll go to a good engineering college, I'll study, I'll get a good package, and then I'm set for the life. So it was nowhere in my book that I will become an entrepreneur. So it is purely an accident. So you were studying engineering then, yeah? Like computer engineering? Yes. Amazing. And uh, I guess like going, so going to the big city from Sri Ganganagar, for anyone who's listening, if you don't know where that is, a very small uh, village. Well, I guess it's, I guess it's growing now. Um, You can call it town now. Yeah, it's a town now (laughs) in northern Rajasthan, um, where 
Yeah, basically, there's there's a lot of, I actually know a lot of people from there now that have, you know, they've branched out to, you know, at least bigger spaces. Like a lot of people from Trigaganagar are in Bikanir um, now. And uh, so it, it, but I can only imagine, like, even just hearing your story, like, it's quite the transition to go from, like, Sri Ganganagar to, to Mumbai. So, you know, I, when, when you reflect back on your journey, I'm just so curious about like the personal growth you've gone through. Like what has been some of the biggest challenges for you, especially as someone in the social space? Like, you know, what happens when you kind of take your innovative concepts back home to Sri Ganganagar? Like how do people react to them? Are they kind of like, we've, we've always been doing this or, you know, like what, what, what is the initial reactions to what you're doing and how, especially having come from a small town? Um, if you let, if you ask me that if I if I talk, when I talk about what I'm doing right now and try to explain this back in my city, sorry, the town in Sri Ganganagar, <laughs> they literally do not understand and they literally do not give a damn about it. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. So I probably would say, okay, just wearing this. Uh, slipper would like you know it's equivalent to saving these many liters of water and this and that and so they're like okay um and i'll be like okay and you know what this is upcycled and the tire is made out of uh, sorry the sole is made out of uh, a tire and stuff like that so they'll be like okay so <laughs> but i wanted it to be like you know very bling and it's like flat and all so it gives me more insight in terms of if i have to make my product really that every um, every common man should like it I really need to understand what are their priorities. Not everybody is interested to understand uh, the story. Like, you know, this is a part of story that how it is creating a social impact or how it is creating uh, an environmental impact. But probably not. And that's not really uh, possible also because every person has their own priorities, way of thinking. So just pick, uh, just pick out like what they like and you can, anyway slide in uh, that uh, impact part you want to do. Mm. Yeah, I think that's actually really powerful because I'm finding that, you know, specifically social impact brands who are, you know, struggling within the marketing space, I find that uh, it's because they're leading so much with the story and not necessarily with like the quality of the product and like the design and the innovation around the product. And like we have to remember at the end of the day, like we are marketing to consumers and the mainstream consumer mindset is very much focused on style, quality and, you know, accessibility of the product. So now, so we're looking at basic and that, that goes into the realm of like even pricing. Um, so and I, you know, I, I actually love, love, love the footwear that you create because it it actually does lead with style. It, it does lead even with a little bit of traditional style as well. And I, I think it's actually uh, really consumable for, for anybody that's part of, like anybody who's looking at mainstream fashion as well. Um, and, and that was actually one of the things I definitely wanted to ask you was kind of like, you know, is there, uh, you know, is there, when people approach your product, um, do you find they're kind of just mainstream shoppers or are they specifically looking for a more ethical footwear? Uh, well, um, it's a very interesting que uh, question indeed because it's a mix of both uh, being a designer and that at the same time being a business person, uh, right? Uh, so I have met like, you know, people uh, with very different, different mindset when they come to buy a product. 
a lot of people who really know understand and feel very connected how important it is to choose the products carefully and how a product or or the consumption creates an impact good or bad uh, if if like you know uh, they have picked it up consciously then obviously they they just like you know they will pick like you know like couple of pairs and they will also tell their friends and family i have such like you know list of people with me who will just wear curio like literally I they can it. be my brand ambassador <laughs> yeah and these people obviously give you validation and hope but also at the same time i i do not want to ignore other people because at the end of the day if i want to uh, solve the problem uh, when i say that uh, the normal uh, or the mainstream footwear which are made creates a huge uh, water and carbon footprint and making upcycled footwear can save natural resources and can have more uh, positive ecological impact i do need to consider those rest of the people who are not really keen about understanding the story but they are mm. more about a product person which is which is if i if i uh, uh stand in their shoes is not wrong so they won't mind so for them it will be like i don't mind if a product is upcycled but my preference is that the product should be good looking aesthetically it should be uh, it should it should be very functional it should go with the other things to, in my wardrobe which is right so so these uh, these were the things which i always considered that no matter how good your story is but you should think from the consumer point of view as well that the product should be good it should uh, it should create an impact and it should be functional absolutely and i'm curious like do you think that you know that it's a bad thing that people aren't really connecting to the story of their clothing like do you, what what would you say are the you know the biggest results of you know people buying just based on style and not necessarily connecting to you know the the what and the how and the why a product is being made um well this is this question is um very important for each person who is in the space of sustainable uh sustainability as a concept either it's designing or lifestyle or food or whatever you say um and it's very subjective also at the same time it's not good if you look at from one point of view that uh, they are not really bothered about what kind of bad impact a product can you know it it makes if you just um if you if you're not buying it consciously um mm. but there are other way i mean there are different different um things connected to it not always necessary that it has to do only with the product it also has to do with the behavior of the consumer um and how like i mean like i'll just say this one thing which we uh, listen often that loved clothes last i'm mean, like it's not because of the quality of the uh, of those clothes it's not probably because like you know you have chosen something which is like organically uh, made or authentically sourced but it's always about the values you can connect with probably often time you have got some fast fashion piece of clothes from your friend but since it's you have gotten this from your friend it's very special for you 
you know you don't want to throw it you you want to you know use it with a lot of care so obviously uh, when it comes to like you know that connection obviously we should definitely connect with nature because we should not always be like those consumer who are like recklessly not uh, are not um, ready to accept our uh, our part which we should uh, mm. do for the environment because if it's not there we are not there it's not like we are just like you know uh, endlessly consuming that part that it it should have some value because see i mean like i am i'm i'm in a in a cosmopolitan city or like any city for that matter i cannot uh, go outside and grow 10 trees to uh, to you know um, counter my carbon footprint or uh, water footprint but probably if i make a conscious choice probably if i select the products which are otherwise helping to consume less um, natural resources it probably will make some sense okay coming back to the question i'm going like way away <laughs> no it's fascinating yeah. no please keep going <laughs> <laughs> yeah but again like you know uh, like i said like people are not uh, not bothered about like you know um okay what 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 is going to like you know create i'm like i've heard a lot of people saying oh we're going to die someday how does it matter i like this i picked it up oh. <laughs> yeah but here comes the responsibility of the makers the designers the innovators you know you can't be like so preachy about you know what i feel this is good for the world and each and every person should do it that will be an ideal way indeed but it's an ideal way right it won't happen yeah. 100% <laughs> but how, how do we make that inclusion you being a designer you being an innovator you being like a technology person can make something can make the product technologies and methodologies and mechanism so that you also accommodate that thing like i said before and which anyways is balancing their uh, their uh, not unconscious attitude so you give them good things like good looking things but also good things good for environment yeah i think you you sorry i got stuck on something that you just said because i think it's really powerful in even answering this question too is like people if, if people are literally responding with like it doesn't matter we're all going to die someday yes true but you know it, it does sound like there's another barrier here that we're facing that is that we are just so so selfish <laughs> yes uh, especially as a generation where we we can't even we can't even fathom you know the the fact that you know our actions today can and will impact future generations like you know and also and it's not even that it's also like we're seeing the effects of of exactly. business going haywire business not not putting you know people planet and profit on the same pedestal you know the effects of climate change like it's it's really insane that like i i obviously know it's happening so i shouldn't be so like shocked every time i talk about it with people but like you know it, it is insane to me that people are still in such a selfish mindset that they they can't even consider for themselves like you know 
you might go to the mall and buy something fabulous and love it and be happy because it's exactly what you were looking for. It's super on trend. But like, then you leave the mall, you breathe in pollution, <laughs> you go home and you know, you're, you're trapped in this space where you even the toxins are coming into your house. And like, you're seeing all the garbage pile up, you're seeing the garbage bags and and the plastic products that you're bringing into your house, your clothing is made from synthetics. Like it's just, it just seems like a vicious cycle. It's like if it really, but it's also like, I agree. It does have to be the brands that are making the, the shift because I feel like trying to target consumer mindsets. I mean, it is shifting, but it's such an overwhelming challenge that, you know, it, it is really like, I agree. I think it is the responsibility of brands to step up and be like, okay, if, if, if the majority of people are not going to shift uh, and are not willing to, how do we hand them a product that's aligned with all of the, their values, no matter how selfish they are, uh, and that it's on trend and, and suits what they're looking for, but still ensure that we are taking our responsibility on behalf of the consumer to ensure that we are putting people on the planet first. Um, so I, I think that's super, super powerful. And, and I'm curious, you know, something that I spoke about recently with a few other uh, uh, podcast guests was, you know, talking about collaboration across the industry. And it does seem like there's a lot more, um, you know, people are more willing to, to chat and share resources, specifically as like designers and brands that are focused on sustainability. But, you know, it, have, you, have you found that it's been easy to talk about or, you know, are, you know, just to open conversations with mainstream designers and brands and labels that are not necessarily doing the work, but are curious. Um, wait, uh, first of all, I would like to add what you said before. Oh, please because, do. Yeah, because see, that's a very powerful thing. And what we all are talking about is empathy. You know, I mean, like this entire concept we are talking about, um, in the other words, like, you know, sustainable, sustainability so that we can save the world. And because we are, we probably are at the verge of extinction of our species. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, yeah. So these brand, big brands, they do have a voice, right? They can connect to such big masses. If they take a responsibility, even like small step ahead, to show that empathy, you know, to do a small little thing, it's going to send a message to huge masses. And probably that, that can sow some seed of empathy for them to uh, consume consciously. Absolutely. I'm writing down but a yeah. note because I'm like, this is so powerful. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I think the key word here is empathy. It's definitely empathy. Um, and I think we've lost that so much because... Well, I mean, for a variety of different things, but I, I think just we, especially our generation, like the young millennials and like Gen X or, I don't know, there's so many X, Y, Zs, you know, all of us, you know, anyone who's mm -hmm. like 40 below, I, I think just be like the, in, the introduction of the internet, like, you know, I, I'm not sure, um, like, I'm sure your experience, like getting, being introduced to the internet is quite, quite different from, from myself, but like I was online by, you know, uh, sixth grade so I was like uh you know 10 or 11 and you know I think just the introduction of the internet and accessing resources and everything just being so easy to obtain was was you know is I think is a big a big overarching theme and challenge for our generation especially coming from the west 
or in the West because we got so used to everything being available at our fingertips that we are just like everything from like online shopping to even connecting with our clothing in person. Like, you know, we, we kind of just became so numb because there was just so much out there. There was so much to access, you know, especially shopping online. There's like, you know, people weren't really giving us a story of the clothing. They're just like, here you go. Here's what's on, here's what's on sale. Like, here's what so-and-so in, you know, the media is wearing, the Kardashians, etc. So it's so easy for us to be like, oh, well, like, I don't need to have a connection with my clothing. Like, if this is what's in and this is what people are wearing and they look cool, like, I want to, you know, put myself in that position, even if we're doing it subconsciously, um, especially, mm-hmm. you know, in our teens. So, you know, and, and shopping in store, you know, has definitely decreased, maybe not so much in India, but definitely in the Western world. And um, even with sustainable brands, like it's even hard to connect with them, uh, like, you know, person like face to face, because it's so expensive to have a physical location. Uh, like to run a brick and mortar shop is so freaking expensive. Like, you know, for a mainstream or, or sorry, a sustainable business to have a brick and mortar space would just like eat up their entire budget. But, you know, at the same time, because some of these bigger brands have the opportunity for you to connect and touch and feel and, and, you know, experience all five senses of the clothing and, and the product. Um, and then kind of, you know, people can introduce the story in person and they can even shop online. Uh, there, I feel like that a little bit more of a connection is being made, but I think it's actually really important for people to have like a face-to-face connection with their clothing. And that's why, um, like, even when, when it comes to sustainable brands, like I'm, I'm always gonna, like, obviously it's, it's, it's hard to buy them in person. I have to go to like pop-up, pop-up shops and all these things in order to actually see the product. But even I'll even get it sent to me before I like choose to really start investing in the brand because I want to experience that the five senses with the fashion with with any fashion that I buy because again like I associate fashion with with art like it's wearable art and if if it doesn't make us feel something it doesn't make us want to do something it doesn't inspire us you know what is the point you might as well just wear your pajamas all the time (laughs) so (laughs) sorry I'm just I'm kind of running on a tangent but I just think this is a yeah I I really really no it's it's a very um what you said right now, Jazz, it has a lot. I mean, like this is something we face as a challenge uh, in our day-to-day life being uh, startups in the space of sustainable fashion because we do not have enough funds. So we really struggle to connect. And when I say connect, like you very well uh, pointed it out to, uh, to experience it with their five senses, which is very important for, to establish, uh, uh, to uh, come on, like, you know, to uh, share those frequencies, like what they assume and how it is, like, you know, uh, it's very important. Uh, and I guess this is one of the reasons that um, sustainability still needs to uh, more encourage either, either through, um, government uh, platforms or like investor platforms and all but i guess we need to get these kind of pushes to really make a difference absolutely oh i'm in this fight with you girl trust me (laughs) (laughs) sailing the same boat yeah, a hundred percent. Well, we've been in the same boat since we first chatted. We were just like girling out, like blah, 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 sustainability. Like, what are all the things that we can do? All the ideas. And, and for for listeners listening in right now, like we're also working on some fun stuff behind the scenes. So get 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 you know, stay tuned. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just switch up uh, you know the direction a little bit because uh, something that um, I didn't know about you is that you've been selected for quite a few accelerator programs here and. 
Um, I'm curious to your insight on the value of undergoing these like social entrepreneurship, like accelerators or like, you know, impact programs and how they've helped you like scale and obtain visibility in the marketplace. Mm, okay. So, um, depends at like, you know, when you're joining any accelerator uh, program at what stage you are at, if you're like, like, like really, uh, you're a beginner and you're looking for a pool of mentors and understand the market, understand that how a business model works and what are the things you should consider. It is absolutely, it really helps. Um, but if you are at different, like, you know, other than this stage, what I feel as per my experience, what really makes sense for me is you being a part of a community, you being a part of, like, you know, you have peers who come uh, and put a versatile experience from different fields and they are different uh, bright souls. So having an uh, uh, interaction, a brainstorming session, either um, they are from your same field, but uh, or not, or but but this is like always a common thing. You're trying to achieve something, you know. You are facing challenges. You have, uh, you might have like achieved certain things. So it's about sharing and like you know, uh, which can also lead to collaboration. So this is a very, I feel like community is such a powerful thing. Which I guess if you can create a good bonding with uh, with other peers, you meet it can work out like, you know, really miraculous. So it sounds like it's a lot more about like collaboration, connection, conversation, uh, than, than I really missed that question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm curious. Cause I, I mean, I've also done, uh, I guess I'm like an accelerator, uh, program. Uh, what would I call it? Like, um, uh, something similar to that. I'm trying to think of the word I want to use for it. Uh, in back in Toronto before we started how to house and, um, yeah, I found it was really good for connection, but like, um, oh, I think also in the context of running an, a social enterprise in India and doing like an accelerator program in Toronto is probably not like the most beneficial thing uh, in terms of like accessing like funding partners who are looking for projects uh, because they're obviously very like contextually looking for things in Toronto. But um, yeah, I was just curious to hear your thoughts because it sounds like you've done quite a few of them. Um, and what would you say that like, you know, what would you say is kind of your biggest mm, supporter in terms of like community or programs, et cetera, currently, like while you're in Mumbai now, like what are you finding is kind of like the best platform for you to, you know, talk about what you're doing, to connect with people and, and, and be able to gain more visibility? Oh, that's, you have asked like some really difficult question now oh, I sorry. <laughs> i'm just i'm just so interested <laughs> okay i mean like uh, there are like you know uh different dynamics associated when you go and try to be a part of community either you join an accelerator program or you try to um to join a platform or a small community bunch of people who are talking about sustainability i'm like saying sustainability because we're talking about it um like also you said that you were you you uh, were a part of this accelerator program back in toronto so yeah i mean like that could have been like a real that i'm sure you had experienced a uh, lot of difficulty because we obviously need to find um, a balance and a match 
mm-hmm. what I'm doing, yeah. with whom I'm doing, for I mean, like, what is the place? What are the people? What is the market I'm targeting? And then accordingly, we need investors. So, what should be an ideal pool of investors for me? Like, you know, where I should tap them? So, obviously, that is there. And being a startup, uh, I'm mean, like, it's very difficult, Jazz, to um, to do like, you know, you're like jack of all the trades. Like you have to handle so many things together, it becomes so yep. difficult. I mean, like you're going to an accelerator program for like half of the day or full of the day, your other things are getting hampered. Mm. So obviously, you need to uh, you need to choose very very carefully, and need to understand that from which uh, which part you will make it work. Obviously, at the at the end of the day, you will learn something. You know that is that that happens with everything. I mean, like oftentimes we we learn not to waste their time after wasting their time. Okay. <laughs> or, sorry, I should use yeah. better word. No, I also, feel you. I think we can all relate. Anyone listening, I'm sure, can relate as well. Yeah, because often after these programs, the the very uh, dear and the first topic you want to discuss with the rest of the uh, peers is like, oh, how do you feel that this program is benefiting you? So, at the end, I would say that you need to be very careful uh, because see, you're short at like time, resources, everything, and mm. everything counts. Like everything counts literally. So uh, yeah, we need to be very thoughtful when we are making any such call. Coming to the collaboration part, um, I mean, like it takes a while because trust, believe me, it never hap- grows overnight. So you need to be like you know understand. You can't be like all the time like you know every this uh, the person in front of you will help you like probably maybe mm. that person is not in that situation or the kind of resources you're looking for that person uh does not have or if that person does have that person will not give you right away so i mean like it involves a lot of like human psychology and um but it oftentimes happened like you know uh i won't say like necessarily collaboration has to do with like where you put another brand's name and put a cross in between your brand name and like you know that collaboration means uh, can meant for like you know it, it can stand for like various things it can be uh, uh, like you know doing any other initiative which is somehow uh, is going to relate to the mission of yours it can be um, any other help so I mean, like there are various ways to define the collaboration. Not I mean, like I'm not talking about that. Um, how like you know uh, people look at collaboration nowadays. I mean, like um, I mean, like at the end of the day, I feel like you should make a connect. That is going to uh, that is going to uh, create some sense. And if you're expecting things happening so soon. I don't think so. Uh, you should, you should, uh, you should put in these kind of thoughts, and then you feel like, okay, things are gonna be like, you know, super, super fun and nice all of a sudden. No, yeah, I mean, it takes time. It's all I about think patience. that's actually, yeah, I think that's really good advice actually for any like anyone who's in the startup phase or in the ideation phase who's listening into this because I a hundred percent agree. Like we have, you know, at How to World, we've done. We've, we've tried to dive into many different collaborations and, you know, I wouldn't say that any have failed, but, you know, some end up being, you know, don't necessarily always align, even though you thought they would or, you know, and, and yeah, it definitely, 
uh, I can feel you in feeling maybe some, like jaded sometimes and being like, oh, I put so much time into this and like it didn't work out. Um, but like that's also part of the process, you know? But again, mm -hmm. like I agree. I think as you become more experienced um, and, you know, go through these situations and, you know, understand, and, you know, you start to also hone in on like what, you know, really what your brand represents and the kind of values you have and what you want your audience to feel and to experience and what you want the outcomes of them like you know either buying your product or immersing in your services you start to realize kind of who you do and who you don't want to work with and that doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing it's kind of just like you know what like we tried but it doesn't you know it's not necessarily you know the best use of time and energy and i think like the best way to identify that is obviously in the early stages of any kind of like conversation with with someone so that you can you know fit, like having some kind of like vetting process almost that's something that we've actually recently started working on here with partnerships because like you know will everybody and their mother will reach out and be like oh my gosh we want to do something with you and i was like i love the enthusiasm um but you know also we're like specifically for hotter world we're like very targeted towards youth and you know we're very we're very uh focus on experiential education and social impact and environmental justice. So, you know, if, you know, we've had like lots of kids and people reach out like wanting to sell the products at the house and, you know, it's, it's kind of like, hmm, doesn't totally align. Like sometimes it's not even like a sustainable or social impact product. And we're just like, do you even know what we do? So we, we, you know, we started putting like little things into practice so that people could like kind of vet themselves out of our, like out of our circle so they can understand kind of what we are and what we aren't looking for. And like, I think that's just like, overall, I think this is actually a really great topic um, for listeners uh, because it's definitely not something that people talk about, especially because I really like, I vouch for collaboration over competition all the time because I think sometimes like, sometimes some of your greatest strengths can be actually collaborating with your competitors to create unique services and products that help you both grow in your business and keep each other accountable. And you know, you never know, like you never know, there's so much opportunity. But yeah, now I'm getting off track. I'm just like thinking about how this is actually a really great topic. No, you, you, it's, I mean, like you pointed very well that collaborations can be like really, really powerful because see, this world is like, you know, so many n number of things and you alone cannot do it. Mm -hmm. But what mm -hmm. if like, you know, yeah, people having same mission, you come on the same, uh, you know, you come on the same uh, platform or you just, you know, collab, it can, it can, amplify what you're trying to do you can it can amplify the impact mm -hmm. that's very well said jazz and another like you know oh, uh, you. i'm like because <laughs> yeah and also because uh, our conversation ha has more in uh, like i guess a bit more involvement of entrepreneurship uh, mm -hmm. i would say like oftentimes if things doesn't work out you know we have to consider like all sorts of like possibilities oftentimes you will find good friends mm, 100% yeah. And I agree with journey, that. <laughs> yeah, journey of entrepreneurship has so many, like, you know, glooms and dooms and whatnot. I mean, like, oftentimes you feel you need help. Like, you know, I hope you understand what I'm saying, help. It can be a person you need to brainstorm with. You need mm -hmm. somebody's feedback. Mm -hmm. And you never know, like, you know, uh, you, you're creating, I mean, like, you're a, you're a part of this, that uh, uh, you're part of that community called entrepreneurs you never know how one can help each other I'm like getting good friends is like something I must say I came to the city um, I mean like I was all alone in the city but what the city has given me like good friends and believe me that is one of the reason I 
keep going i look forward to you know every uh, every every morning with a lot of excitement because they trust in you when you feel like really low they boost your uh, energy they encourage you i'm mean, like often time they you will literally feel that more than you trust in yourself they trust in you <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and i think that's probably the one of the, that's actually overall like one of the best outcomes of any kind of collaborative project or you know connection that you meet in the space mm-hmm. so yeah i think we're i think we've ended this on a really good note actually and um before we like i feel like we could talk forever i feel like i'll have to invite you back onto the show to like dive more into these entrepreneurial topics because i do second your thoughts <laughs> yeah like i just think also there's not enough people talking about this like we just need more authentic authenticity and honesty in the industry because people are just thinking like oh everything's so like honky dory and the social impact space is growing but it's like <laughs> no there is a lot of navigating and like and and understanding and complexity to mm-hmm. to navigate so um yeah thank you so much for sharing all of this and thank you for your time um you know obviously you know people are going to want to connect with you after so you know where can people find you online to connect and learn more oh you can find uh, find me on www.kurio.in or you can write to me on mail m a i l mail t o 2 k u r i o at the rate of gmail.com awesome and i will put all of these details in the show notes for our listeners as well as links to your social media mega thank you so much again for your time this has been such an insightful conversation i'm sure there'll be lots of lots of conversation about this episode um because we really dove into some great topics so thank you again for your time thank you so much jas for having me here again and uh, i'm mean, like again i would like to congratulate you and really appreciate what you're doing and keep doing it thank you. because we people need to know and you're creating that awareness so yeah all the best to you thank you you're so sweet i feel like we're now accountability buddies in the space so <laughs> thank you for thank you for finally uh connecting with me and i'm glad like for the listeners we had so much trouble getting on calls because we're we have such crazy schedules um but so glad that we're we've connected and like have just so much to to chat about and and you know can just in, inspire and empower each other to keep going because uh like i i absolutely love what you're doing and i'm thank you so much for for being a leader in the sustainable fashion space especially with footwear um so um i'm i'm going to chat with you more obviously as the weeks <laughs> or as the years go on uh but thank you again for this and uh yeah so great thank you ha huh, feeling inspired see what other impact stories we have to share over on causeartist.com Be sure to subscribe for weekly updates from Grant and I about content, giveaways, and new episodes from Disruptors for Good and Impact India. Looking to learn more about social impact and conscious living in India? Hit me up on Instagram at Jasmine Rain. Cheers, friends!